0: From Relay FM, this is Connected, episode three hundred and seventy-two. Today's show is brought to you by Fitbod, Trade, and Amazon Music. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Federico Vitici. Ciao, Federico.
1: Ciao, Mike. Hello. How are you?
0: I'm uh, very good. There's no Stephen today. Stephen has lost his voice. Uh, or at least mm-hmm. he's in that kind of stage where, trust me, you don't want to hear him. I had a call with him today and he sounded like garbage. Mm. Um, Stephen would like everybody to know that it's not COVID. Not COVID. He had a COVID test. Not COVID. I love this, by the way. You know, like you have anything. Not COVID. Yeah. Uh, it's not It's not COVID. So, yeah, uh, Relay FM members may have heard him on uh, backstage. Oh, and on Genius as well. Stephen was not feeling too under the weather. It got worse since that point. And so, no Stephen today. But Stephen did also want uh, us to pass along the note that Mag Tricky orders uh, have begun packing. So, at least he's working on that um, with his zero voice. Stephen will also be editing this episode. So, if anything's put in and makes me and Federico sound silly, Stephen did that.
1: There's plenty of things you can do without a voice, like packing lots of boxes, which yep. Stephen has been doing lately. Uh, There's a big, uh, big postal energy going on with Stephen right now. So he loves posting that stuff. It's, it's, he does love the post office too? It
0: seems like it. Yeah. I mean, he 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 has to go to this post office. We have a PO box. Relay FM has a PO box for sending like bills and checks to him and stuff, and he has to go there often. I've been there and I've unlocked the the PO box. So. This is a pointless story. Uh, Let's do some follow-up. Apple had given us what we wanted. iOS 15.2 now has an actual proper toggle for macro photography. So to kind of go back to the beginning of the story, with the new iPhones, you can take your camera near something and it will automatically switch to the ultra-wide and crop in so you get a macro look to an image. So it's really, it's a really cool thing that it does. But it was activating too frequently and is, was impossible to change. Like if you wanted to take a picture of something but you didn't want to take a macro photo, uh, you couldn't stop it from doing that. And sometimes I found in low-light situations I would prefer the regular sensor. I'm not trying to take a macro or something. I'm just close to it and um, uh, then they added something in 15.1 to turn off the automatic switching, but then you couldn't get... I spoke about this on the show. If you used the ultra wide and got close to something, it didn't give you the exact same effect as the, quote, macro mode would. So now in 15.2 they've done a couple of things and one of them is uh, when you go close to something now a little icon pops up and this is great like only to be there when you need it Mm -hmm. right like when the phone detects it uh, and it's got a little flower which is what you that is the uh, photographic symbol of a macro (laughs) and you can turn that on and off then if you want to if you want to toggle the ultra wide uh, macro mode so I think this is perfect because they're still doing the automatic switching which I think is good but you're able to have a way to cancel out of it and I think you can now turn it off completely and, and the setting is more clear. So I'm very into this. I'm excited about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they also changed the name of the setting in the camera section of the settings app. It's now called macro control. Um, it's enabled by default and the text says show camera control for automatically switching to the ultrawide lens to capture macro photos and videos. Uh, this is enabled by default, which means when you get close to something, uh, it shows you the flower button in the bottom left corner. And it's, again, by default, it's enabled, so the button gets highlighted in yellow. And you can tap the flower button um, and to disable macro mode. And if you do that, um, you know it's going to be standard ultrawide capture without macro photography. I think it's really, I'm
0: very pleased that they're doing it. I think this is a, a great because I love the, the macro thing, but I don't need it on want it all the time. This is what I'm saying. I didn't want to turn it off completely because then I felt like I was missing out. So I think that this is a great way to do it, and I actually think it's the right way rather than adding another permanent mode or button to the camera app. I think this is a.
1: It's a dynamic button. That yeah. It's it's a button, but it appears when it makes sense, which f- fair compromise that I, I can think get it behind. is. A,
0: compromise, I think, is a great word for this. I'm pleased that they're still iterating on it, right? This is months after yeah. they put out the feature. I'm pleased that they're still iterating on it. I'm pleased that they didn't just kind of be like, "Oh, it's fine," or "And or we'll deal with it in 16," <laughs> right? Like, uh, is anything else in 15.2 of interest to you? I'm sure no, you're let's running see. it.
1: I have a whole note that I'm just pulling up in my obsidian. Um, Minor things, right? So, for example, you can search inside your playlists in music. Or, well, the TV app is kind of new. The TV app has a new sidebar on iPad. uh, And there's a new store section. So, they are doing more work to sort of consolidate everything into one place, which is the TV app. Uh, No longer a top bar on iPad. The sidebar makes a lot more sense for the iPad. And you can open the store view from within the TV app itself. Now, it's still not perfect because I've found like I'm one of those old weirdos that still buys music from the iTunes, uh, movies and TV shows, I'm sorry, from the iTunes store. Like, I still purchase up uh, tv shows and movies from itunes um this i still do that too. okay so uh, because
0: sometimes something's not available or you want it uh quickly or exactly for me like if i have a movie that i like really really love um and i know i'm gonna watch it a bunch or i have watched it a bunch i'll own it so i can just easily download it and don't have to deal with like yeah. oh you're on uh on oh, netflix has decided that you need to refresh your exactly. connection and but
1: oh you're on a plane the iTunes Store is great, and you got 4K Dolby Dolby Vision Dolby Atmos. It's really good stuff. Anyway, mm-hmm. the store tab in the or section in the TV app, it still kicks you out to the iTunes Store for a. A bunch of different purchases. It's very inconsistent. It's like they put like a mini version of the iTunes store inside of the TV app, but they only got halfway there. And so when you want to make a purchase, you're still taken to the iTunes store app, which is a separate thing. I wonder... If maybe down the road they'll do the proper version of this, which is the iTunes Store app will be gone and you will have this legacy, if you will, store views inside of TV, music, what else? What else do they sell? I don't think they will put a store in the music app, though. But... Are you, they're literally keeping this iTunes Store app installed no, I, on I device. but like, can you
0: like app? The music app is basically Apple Music, right? Like, that's yeah. the app by and large. Like, I know you can put your own music in it, but app if you do that, Apple still wants to really remind you that Apple Music's a thing. But I mean, I guess they could find a way, maybe just a button that says Store, yeah. but it's built like it's behind like two different windows, you know? Like, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm thinking because I mean, right now on the iTunes Store they have music. Okay, there's Apple Music, movies and TV shows. They are doing the store tab in the TV app. Then what's left is ringtones. So I guess the, the big question is what happens to the tones store, uh, which is they put still... it in the phone app. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yes. Oh my god,
0: it's the phone store. Uh,
1: yeah. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the tones store. It's a uh, DJ. Because yeah, it's is like charting the, I I, high. F-
0: I feel like maybe at one point the iTunes store used to have audiobooks too, and they're in the books and app b- now.
1: Exactly, along with books. So, yeah. you know, they, they it has been split into in, in multiple apps already. So, I don't know. Anyway, uh, 15.2, you're going to find a store view inside of the TV app, and then... Yeah, it's a bunch of minor stuff. Like, uh, I mean, you talked about the, the 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 child safety features on upgrade with Jason. That's coming. There's a, n- a new design for the notification summary, which I complained, if you remember from my review, we, I complained like this is boring, like it's a boring design. They have tried to make it less boring, so now you get these floating sort of uh, cards for the top notifications in the summary. Looks nicer, I still don't care because I don't use this thing. No, it's uh, I don't.
0: I don't. I feel like in, <laughs> in, 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 in idea, this is a better feature than in practicality. While we're talking about notifications, I would just like to register a complaint having now used iOS 15 for a really long yes. time and I haven't okay. gotten used to it and I don't like it. How Go small the register. buttons are when you, you know, like if you long press on a, on a notification. And
1: oh, they are smaller. They're too yes. small.
0: The buttons are way too small to do anything. They used to be yeah. easier when they were bigger. The buttons are absolutely tiny. And I, I've still not gotten used to there being no dedicated button to get out of that view if you long press on a notification. Like, you have to kind of just, like, push the notification away. There used to be a little X button
1: yeah. on the top yeah. right-hand
0: side. So, like, they made that view... all Everything to do with that view, like, of long press on a notification, they made worse. Like... And, and I wish that they would uh, tidy that up a little bit for, for mm. at some point in the future.
1: This is a longer conversation, but I still find myself wishing for actual organization of notifications. Yeah. The thing that really gets to me is I want to be able to define types of notifications. And I know that Android has tried, to an extent, to get this right before. Um, I really don't want to have the conversation of, oh, Google did this first, like, I don't care. Wh- what I know is what I want from iOS. And what I want is to r- get really g- granular and say, OK, like, f- if you know this kind of notification from this specific app comes in at this specific time, do this. Mm. And I understand why this is such like a power user feature, right? Yeah, but, but they I mean, made you look focus at, modes. So. But I mean, they made focus modes and they made the notification summary. So that argument is no longer valid of like, oh, but power users want this. I mean, look at that; those features, right? Those are power user features. It's like, in Spirit, they built features for notification power users. But in practice, I don't think they were designed by notification power users. I feel like... It's like, oh, what do those kinds of people want? We're yeah. going to give them these features, but you know, there's so much more work still left to do. So
0: I would also like to register a complaint about focus modes. Okay. Why do I have to start with nothing? No people, no apps. The system tries to make some intelligent
1: suggestions for it d- you. which it
0: doesn't. <laughs> I want to do the reverse. Sometimes, like maybe not always, but I would like the option of like select all applications, select all contacts, and then remove the ones I don't want. Like, I I would like both options, please. So just have a select all and then let me uncheck stuff would also be really nice. Anyway. Anyway, have you seen uh, Hyper's fifteen-port laptop
1: dock? I have seen a photo of this thing. Yes, I also got an email because I signed up for one of their campaigns. Like, I think I bought a battery like two years ago, and then they always get in touch with
0: this. Me is now. the main reason I have mentioned this, which is what you've just got just mentioned, and I'll get to that in a second. But like, they've made a a, a dock that is basically as. It is as long as one of the new MacBook Pros and is intended to sit underneath it. You kind of like prop it on the back uh, oh, so nice. like it lifts your laptop okay. up a little bit. Um, and then it's got like 15 ports. It's got like a bunch. It's just got a bunch of everything. It just looks like an interesting product, so I wanted to just mention it because I like to mention weird products every now and then on the show. But mostly just as like a PSA: if you ever back one of Hyper's products on Kickstarter, they will spam you about every product that they ever make forever. Like I backed the same as you. One of their it was like an iPad thing, and every time they launch a new product, oh, they yeah. set it as an update to their existing Kickstarter. Campaign, yeah, and that uh, really grinds my gears because that is not what the update thing is for, and I cannot find a way to leave this. So I get these notifications from them all the time.
1: No, no, you, you can't, you can never leave the hi, the hyper marketing machine. Like once you, once you're in. You're in forever. You're in for good. But I guess to
0: be honest, I'm still like if they're not telling me about them Stevens just posting about them on his blog anyway, so I'm always finding out about them sometimes.
1: They're going to find you. You change your email address, they're going to know somehow that you have a new email address. They're going to get to you. They're tracking you. I saw something on Mac rumors today that I wanted to put into the show because I felt like it was for
0: you, which is that it was rumored that WhatsApp is working on an app for iPadOS that will also have a Catalyst version on the Mac.
1: Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Um, this is great news. Uh, I know that I'm pretty sure that even Sylvia does this. Uh, people have been using the WhatsApp uh, web view. as a desktop version of it. But here we're... Mm -hmm. This is what
0: I do with Instagram on my
1: iPad. Same thing. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. So uh, WhatsApp has a web view that you connect to your uh, WhatsApp app on the phone by scanning a QR code, I believe. That's how it works. But here we're talking about a proper, like, multi-device support for WhatsApp, which has been historically tied to one device at a time. Mm-hmm. And here the, we're talking about a catalyst app for iPad and macOS. This is going to be amazing for me. Uh, and yep. at that point, realistically, like, the only reason that I'm using iMessage is for you guys and John. And... a Couple of other friends, but all my real life—well, not real life—Italian friends, really. All we my are real life friends, Federico. <laughs> well, it's been so long since I since I last saw you. That's, I know what that's you mean. The problem. I know what you mean. But all of my Italian friends and family, we all use WhatsApp. So I am very well, happy. I
0: have this with everyone I know too. In that, everybody that I know only uses iMessage for me because everybody else uses WhatsApp. Yeah. So like yeah. I have some family group, like me and my two brothers have a group text and they only use iMessage for me. They use WhatsApp for each other. All of my family send me iMessages, but to each other, they all use WhatsApp. Yeah. What can I say? I don't like WhatsApp. I, I, I really dislike WhatsApp. Um. I don't know what it is. I
1: wish that I could stop using it. I really do. Ah, You don't want to. Right. I get you. Yeah, but yeah. like... I wish that I could, but I also don't want to use Telegram. Uh, and yes, I have heard about Telegram. I have heard about all the alternatives. The problem is my, my family and my friends will never leave WhatsApp. So I'm stuck with it. Like ideally, mm-hmm. I wish that I could use one messaging app. Like I really want to, but also I I really want to talk to my friends, you know? So that's the problem.
0: Yeah, I do have some WhatsApp groups that like that I like that I can't get away from, but like I yeah. that's just how I communicate with some people. But yeah, um, uh, he who must not be named confirmed that Facebook was working on um, uh, multi like device support for WhatsApp which is like a thing that has not actually been possible really because of the way that it's architected but they were doing something mm-hmm. to make that possible which would then allow for an iPad app because yeah. currently like an iPad app for WhatsApp would be useless
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah just be empty <laughs> um, so. I wonder here if there's a, a the beginning maybe of a of a trend because i see this uh this news here of whatsapp did you also see that um amazon uh, is bringing or brought prime video to macOS via catalyst yeah i wonder if we're starting to see what catalyst was meant to be maybe yeah and two is just you know too small a number Uh, but this is what catalyst was supposed to achieve right to make it easy for these big companies and small developers too but also big companies to unify their code bases and be like well i guess we're doing native versions for ipad and mac now because they're based on the iphone version Mm -hmm. so maybe we we gotta keep an eye on this if if there's more it's an encouraging
0: trend i think I, I think it's, it's good.
1: Maybe not a trend, maybe an encouraging sign for mm-hmm. now, but hopefully if it becomes a trend, I'm going to be really happy. Uh, you know, all these apps that I got to use on my iPhone. There's these websites that I keep finding every time there's a WhatsApp rumor. Um, what's <laughs> it called? What's WA Beta Info. This is, a, this is amazing. It's a blog that has been around for years. Wow. And all they do is cover WhatsApp betas. I love these kinds of websites like very very specific. Um, w A beta info. w a beta com. Look at this. It's just it's just WhatsApp news. Yes. Very topical. <laughs> yeah. They're posting like multiple times a day. Yes. It's incredible. It's like what if Cerebi was a website about WhatsApp? This you isn't
0: know. this is this is an incredible this is an incredible thing. <laughs> they really post multiple times a day, every single day. For years. WhatsApp <laughs> beta for Android 2.21.23.12. What's new? WhatsApp beta for Android 2.21.23.13? What's new? Yeah, they were yeah. posted like one day after each other. This is an this is incredible. Yeah, yeah. They post like every point 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 release. This is now
1: a WA Beta Info uh, appreciation podcast. Yeah. So this is all we're going to do now.
0: This episode is brought to you by our friends over at FitBod, the fitness app that provides a personalized exercise plan, a fitness plan that actually fits you. Because when it comes to fitness, FitBod believes that everyone can be better. Whether you're working out three days a week, twice a day, more or less, it doesn't matter. FitBod has an algorithm that uses data and analytics to help you build on your previous workout so that your next workout is scientifically proven to be better than the last. It doesn't matter what you have access to. Whether you're working out in a gym, whether you're working out outdoors or indoors, whether you have equipment or not, Fitbot has a bunch of bodyweight only workouts and many, many more with equipment too. Uh, They've got tons. It doesn't matter what you have or how much equipment you have access to, they're there for any exercise routine that you want. Fitbot has been fine tuned by certified personal trainers to bring the very best of strength training directly to you. Your workout program is tailored exactly to suit your own needs, so it's perfect to you. your body, your experience, your environment, your goals. It can be really hard to know whether you're overtraining or undertraining or really what you should do for exercise to meet what you're looking for. So FitBod figures all of this out for you so you don't have to worry about anything. It's going to make sure that you stay on a path that's right for you, helping you take those steps towards becoming a better version of yourself. FitBod mixes up muscle groups, exercises, sets, reps, and weight over time to keep you on top form. And every single exercise comes with a little video and instructions, which I really love so you can see how everything's going. And then at the end of the workout, they actually show you this like diagram to show you which muscles you actually worked out the most during that session, which I think is super cool. FitBod is available on iOS and Android, and you can get started right now by going to fitbod.me slash connected, and you'll get 25% off your membership. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot me, fitbod.me slash connected to try out FitBod for free, and get 25% off your membership. A thanks to FitBard for their support of this show and FM. Today, Apple announced the Apple Self-Service Repair Program in truly a move that if you would have asked me to make a financial bet with you, I would have bet against. Hmm. This is really a very, very surprising thing. So I'll give you some details. This is starting with the iPhone 12 and iPhone 13 line of phones, soon to be followed by M1 Max. It's going to start in the US in early 2022, expanding throughout the year to different countries, Apple will be providing repair manuals for their products and the ability for you to order parts online. Apple will have available over 200 individual parts and tools, and it includes stuff like camera. Units and batteries, and all kinds like loads of different types of parts that they're going to be having available for people to be able to order themselves. Like the ones that are, I don't know, maybe the most user service replaceable and safest, maybe for people to use. Uh, from a quote in Apple's press release, this is intended for individual technicians with the knowledge and experience to repair electronic devices. Uh, Apple's also announced that they will be continuing to expand the Apple Authorized Service Provider Program as part of this. Bit of a surprise, huh?
1: I am honestly shocked. <laughs> like I still like initially when I was when I was so I first saw the headline and I thought oh, this is gonna be one of those boring press releases. Uh, You know, not that those jobs are boring, they're just boring for me. Um, Like about the authorized service providers, you know, that kind of stuff that we don't really cover. And then as I started reading, I was like, you're going to be able to order 200 parts from a store? My first reaction was, is this an April Fool's joke? Like, is this like, like, I struggle to believe that what I was reading, but yeah, they are launching a store where you can buy the parts of iPhones and Macs and you're going to have instructions with manuals on how to open them up and and do the the repair yourself. It really is quite incredible. Like this is the same company that, you know, made it so difficult for everyone, really everyone to to open up and access iPhones and iPads and other devices. Um I guess this is what happens when governments get involved. Right?
0: <laughs> so yeah, okay, that I was going to ask you why do you think they've done this? Do you think this is a
1: getting out ahead of right to repair stuff? Uh, um we can't know, right? Because out of the out of the goodness of their hearts, Apple thought now in 2021 to launch this new program because it's because why? Because they Hired more people to 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 make this happen because it's the right time to do it, right? So you, it would be pretty naive to think that it's not related at all. Well,
0: here's my counterpoint that I'll pose to you. Mm. They haven't done something like this for the App Store.
1: For the app store, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: they are fighting multiple fronts right now. Right, because and you, that's you could where argue the app store yeah. area is the biggest one, and they. Have not but this is how it goes right like this
1: this is how it goes right you' you don't want to switch up your real money maker you want to switch up the smaller thing and you have to believe that repairs are on the smaller side of Apple's service right, revenue but
0: the argument that people make I don't know if this is accurate or not but the argument that people make is Apple do not allow you to repair phones because they want you to buy new phones and buying new phones is their biggest money maker.
1: Yeah, but I could also see a future where as these phones, they get better and better and people are holding onto them longer and longer, they want to make more money off of services instead. Yes. So you want to make it easy. So here's how, the way I see this, you want to get ahead of the right to repair movement mm-hmm. and you don't want to we know that Apple really doesn't want to change the App Store. So I could see a scenario in which they're like, and maybe I've been watching too much Succession, by the way, the new season is really bad and boring, but I'm still watching it because I got to know the story. Uh, But here's how I would approach this. Uh, You go to the government and you're like, okay, so let's make a deal, right? Uh, You get off our back on the App Store stuff and we're going to give you the right to repair stuff. And we're going to make it easy for people to open up and access iPhones. But you got to make a concession on what mm. you want us to change on the app store. Again, maybe I've been watching too much Succession. <laughs> I can
0: imagine this may be flying with Europe.
1: Not in the US though.
0: I don't think so. And maybe I mean I don't know. I, I I think it's potentially that like this is an easier one for them to do and to get the big PR hit on and they know how many people are going to do this. Mm. Right? Like this honestly puts the right to repair thing basically to bed oh yeah because now they can point and say you can do it
1: yeah yeah you can do well, it what's the
0: issue not Are only you? do we have Apple stores not only do we continue to expand our authorized service provider program mm-hmm. if for some reason you can't or don't want to go to one of them you can now buy the parts and replace them yourselves
1: I yeah. Yeah.
0: Right? So like this this one they can put this one away quite nicely. Yes. Where the App Store is a, is much more ingrained and much more of a big, bigger problem that I think they fundamentally believe that they shouldn't need to change.
1: And I could also see an argument being made by, by Apple, either you know, behind the scenes or, or publicly, where they, they say something along the lines of, Look what happens if you allow us to build things our way. Uh, Oh, look how
0: convenient and nice and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like,
1: look how nice of an experience we can put together with Mm -hmm. the colorful manuals, with the dedicated store. Now, imagine if you also gave us enough time to do what you would like to see changed on the App Store, but done our way.
0: Let me tell you what I'm excited about, and we'll, we'll come back to this. But just saying it, I cannot wait to see how good their tools look.
1: I want to see the uh, how. I want to see the store for the tools. Uh, yep. Like, how do you actually buy them? The box. Oh, you gotta believe that the box will not be a boring package. Like, is there gonna be a photo of the little sensor that you can buy, Maybe. or the little gasket that you can buy from Apple? But like-, like,
0: they are going to sell actual tools. Like, they will have a screwdriver and stuff. I'm sure. Yeah. Right. Like basically, I mean, like the it's basically what is Apple's iFixit kit? Like that's what we're going to get here. And I'm actually pretty pumped about it. I also my bet would be the store will have character. Like it won't look like the Apple store. It will be like more like, hey, you're a technician.
1: More homely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think so. This
0: right to repair stuff is for me. Okay, so I'll just say for me. Everybody has their own uh, uh, feelings about everything, right? For me, this self-service repair program, the way that they've announced it, we'll see how it actually is when it comes out, what's available, what isn't. This, to me, feels like, for my own personal beliefs, solves Apple's service problems. Like, there are going to be people that have wildly varying uh, Mm -hmm. sets of opinions on these. Like, I'm not a huge right-to-repair advocate, Mm -hmm. Um, because I do think that it can get a lot of people into trouble like if they try and repair something themselves this stuff is not easy to do but I'm pleased that they will have it for people that feel confident enough to to do it like I would I would feel confident enough now um I feel like I could do some of this stuff.
1: Is this gonna open up a new generation of youtubers and bloggers like covering how to do these things? I mean,
0: they already exist, man. Like, they're already there. They're just doing it themselves. Like, anybody can open an iPhone and take it apart. Like, you can do it. It's not easy, but you can do it. Like, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued, too, to be like, will they start to make different design decisions now in a world where they have to let people take this stuff apart? Because they must have, right? I bet with the iPhone 12 and 13, they... Well, pretend, I don't I don't know But if what I'm saying is true here, but they might from now be like, well, they might make some different concessions or different decisions based upon the fact that they know people are going to need to take these things apart themselves or they need to provide the ability of people to take them apart themselves. I don't know. They're clearly choosing the devices very specifically.
1: Maybe they're, <laughs> Maybe they're doing it because they know that in the future you will not open anything. At all, because everything is going to be foldable and rollable. So there's nothing to open anymore, you know, years from now. I mean, you can still do it. Yeah, right now. So, like, I
0: watch... Uh, do you know the ch- the YouTube channel JerryRigEverything?
1: Uh, yes, I'm familiar with it.
0: Yeah, so that guy Zach, uh, he takes apart... I, I don't know why I love to watch these videos, but many people do too, right? But, like, I love to watch him take apart devices. Um, and he's very much, as you can imagine very against apple on their right to like their right to repair stuff right as you can imagine mm-hmm. i don't want to get into like the weirdness of like being an advocate for like recycling but also destroying all the never mind i don't want to get into the messes of that i don't even know why i said it we'll just just leave that as it is um but like i'm i'm intru- i am in genuinely intrigued to see what people in that world ultimately say about this program because in my mind, it's like, this is exactly what you wanted, right? Like, this is what people wanted. And this is something that you would never have expected. I don't think any smartphone manufacturer is doing this. I think Apple would be the first to do this. They're probably the only one that can because of the amount of phones that they make, like, both in volume and in uh, limited scope. Like, Samsung couldn't provide this feature for all of the phones that they make because they make too many of them. It would be a nightmare. Um, But yeah, I I think this is kind of cool. I do have some questions. I want to see what you think of these. Uh, We obviously don't have the answers. Uh, There are not a lot of answers to this. I feel like that they have just the bare bones of this program right now because they did not release a lot of information about it. Uh, what's going to happen to warranties? Like, do you immediately void a warranty at the moment I, that you open the device, even if you're using
1: Apple's tools? I would think so. Right? I feel, yeah, I mean, but
0: it, I mean, it's weird, right? But if you remember, like, if even though iPhones are water resistant, if it has water in it, like, if, if water's gotten in it, it can void your warranty. You cannot get water damage repair to an iPhone, even though w- iPhones are water resistant. So hmm. what the warranties are weird. Um, if you have AppleCare and you botch a repair, will they fix it?
1: Right. I right? No so
0: if you try to take the screen off and you puncture the screen and break the screen, is that an accidental <laughs> screen replacement?
1: I mean, in theory.
0: Uh, And also, also, what are the tools and parts going to look like? You know, I I wish Stephen was here today, by the way, because I'm convinced he will just buy a bunch of the parts and just have them. Oh, he will. And there will be a lot of people that would do that. They'll just buy them because they want them.
1: Is it going to be like an Apple branded
0: screwdriver? Like
1: That's what like, I think.
0: They said they will make they are going to offer tools and
1: parts. So like the, they found to take the new market for the real Apple fans, you know. <laughs> I want <laughs> to I use tools. these on
0: taking apart and putting together keyboards. <laughs> like you need you're going to need yeah. screwdrivers, you're going to need like little suction cup things, you're going to need little pry tools, you will need all of that. Now, it's up to Apple if they want to sell it all or not, but I would expect that you will buy a kit and that kit, like iFixit, do this currently, right? So, like, yeah, I you know, have one of those. But they also do kits of like uh, battery replacement kits, and you get everything that you need in one yeah, package. Yeah. And I expect Apple will also do that, right? Like, you will say, I want to replace the battery on my iPhone. And they're like, Great, you're going to need this tool, this tool, this tool, and these two parts. And you'll just buy that as a singular package. And it comes with the manual. I, I cannot believe we'd, we'd, we'd like this is an actual real thing. Like, you, we could have given you this topic on the 1st of April, and you would have believed it was an April Fool's joke.
1: Who had this on their annual predictions? Nobody. <laughs> and anybody that says that they did is
0: a liar. <laughs> this would have been uh, the rickiest of picks.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God, yes. Apple branded tools and a store for parts. Like, this is incredible.
0: I'm so excited about it. I I think it's great.
1: Honestly, I can I am because I want to buy the I want to buy the kit. I want to buy the tools from Apple even if I don't need them. Like I'm never I'm not a very uh manual person myself. Um like all I can do is like, you know, swap the battery of a of a PSP or something like that. Um but I want to get the kit. I want to get the tools just to see what they look like. Maybe they're not going to be Apple branded. Oh, come on. But they really should be. Right, they will be. You think? I hope so. They I will be so.
0: designed, right? Like these will be designed tools. They're not just gonna like only, oh here's some only, random screwdriver we found.
1: This is the most comfortable handle for a screwdriver that you've ever held in your life before. So I gotta say, it's pretty great design job. Hmm.
0: Like if you are an industrial designer at Apple designing tools to take apart the devices, feels like a pretty There is, like, a group of people who are like, this is my dream.
1: Do you think these tools are, like, the body parts of Liam the robot? I don't want to think about that. Like, are they selling individual Liam robot body parts as tools?
0: It is a possibility, yes.
1: Like, the screwdriver is a finger of Liam? It's very possible.
0: (laughs) Get your very own Liam finger. (laughs) (laughs) This episode of Connected is brought to you by Trade. We get almost everything delivered to us these days. Why should coffee be any different? Let Trade bring the very best coffee right to your front door. The journey to your perfect cup starts with taking their coffee quiz. Whether you use a French press, automatic drip, or you're more of a cold brew person, your answers will allow Trade to pair you with the perfect coffee to fit your taste. Trade will match you to coffees that you'll love from over 400 craft options and will send you a freshly roasted bag as often as you like. Trade guarantees that you'll love your first match. On the off chance that you don't, they'll replace it with a different bag for free. And you give feedback as you sip. As your preferences evolve, your coffee matches will, too. Plus, you can feel good about each cup since trade partners of over 55 small US-based roasters who are committed to ethical and sustainable sourcing. I really love the questionnaire that you go through. It's super simple. They give you just the right amount of options. You get to give preferences without getting lost in the weeds. It makes it nice and easy for newcomers to coffee to be able to pick this up, but also, for people that know what they want, they know what they want. And they're not going to spend like a week like, oh, what's your perfect Sunday? Tell us about that. No, they take the hassle out of this for you and give you the ability to try out really awesome new coffee. And we did. They sent us some wonderful options that we absolutely loved. like Really, really, really great stuff. For connected listeners right now, Trade is offering your first bag free and $5 off your bundle at checkout. To get yours, go to drinktrade.com connected and use the promo code connected. Take the quiz to start your journey to the perfect cup. That's drinktrade.com connected and the promo code connected for your first bag free and $5 off your bundle. And this holiday season, give the coffee lover in your life the gift of better coffee too with their own personalized gift coffee subscription from Trade. Our thanks to Trade for their support of this show and FM. Oh, I think it was last week. Yeah, it was during the roast. We, you, uh, we r- realized that you were using Tweetbot, and you said that oh, yeah. you were creeping on me. That I wasn't using Tweetbot, and now today we have a bunch of Twitter things to talk about. Uh, one mm-hmm. is they just—they just, I think they—they they set their new API as like this is our API now. It's in beta for a while, like their version two. Um, and people on Twitter's API team have been giving like uh, interviews, and they published a big blog post and stuff. And it seems like Twitter really is swinging back the other way with yep. the approach to their API. They Their goal now is to become a decentralized platform, doubling mm-hmm. down for developers to drive the future innovation on Twitter. They have a public Trello roadmap, and their whole thing is they want to make it even easier now for third-party apps to compete with them again. What do you think about that?
1: I think it's a fascinating change of direction. They, we... I think none of us, we really believed them when they said a couple of years ago, I think we got the first hint of this when when Jack Dorsey said, uh, we want to be more open with developers. We want to repair sort of the, you know, the, this broken relationship that we now have because of the old API. And we all kind of was like, yeah, yeah, well, we don't really believe you. It's too late. Now, they have done... Unlike others, I will say they have done a lot of work. Like, Twitter is still not perfect, but they have done a lot of work in terms of, you know, dealing with harassment, um, bringing new tools for, you know, controlling the quality of a conversation on Twitter. Um, And and that was encouraging. But then, at the same time, they've also done the work for um, building this new API. So, V2 of this new API, which was in beta before, Sort of closed access. It's now in public access, officially launched, and the old API, which is version one point one, which is the one that you know all all of the old Twitter clients that we used to talk about and and cover years ago were based on. That one will be deprecated, and it's only receiving bug fixes, like critical bug fixes, at this point. So now they are delivering. On this idea of we wanna you know have an, a new and better relationship with developers, not just for and this was one of the things that they were doing initially. They uh, a couple of years ago they they were t- telling the story of um, we wanna have an API sure, mm-hmm. but only for uh, things like bots or enterprise tools, uh, we don't want to give developers access to the, to the firehose of tweets in your main timeline. And that story has changed. That narrative has changed. Now Twitter is saying, we're fine with all kinds of developers. Right? We are fine with developers building alternative experiences to Twitter, uh, bots, enterprise tools, business tools. We're fine with all of them because we want to become a decentralized network that powers all kinds of conversations online. I mean, sure, words are one thing, but you know, in this case, we have the actual product, which is the API. And it's, it's out, and it's working, and developers can sign up for it. And um, they are upping the limit of how many um, API calls you can make per month. I believe that the base tier of the API has been increased to half a million uh, tweets per month. And I want to say that the new default, what's it called, the the escalated escalated tier, something like that, high-level tier, I don't remember. Uh, it should be two million API, two million tweets per month, I believe. So that's that's a lot of tweets. How does that work? Do you know, like the two million, like what is that counting? They literally count how many tweets your app is receiving from the API. I think um, is the app like so. For example, Tapbots, they make uh-huh, Tweetbot, and Tweetbot uh-huh. is using the API, uh-huh. and the Tweetbot, I'm guessing, they have a certain number of hundreds of thousands. Yeah. of users maybe ideally and in total those users in aggregate they you know not in aggregate in total each month they consume um, 1.8 million tweets mm-hmm. me as a person I see what 700 800 tweets per day now multiply that for hundreds of thousands of users right and you and you get your number of tweets.
0: Right, okay, cool. So yeah, but it's something that they would somehow know, like Twitter reports that to them, I, I guess.
1: And you have a developer console, you can check the kind of numbers that you have. Uh, broadly speaking, that's how it should work. So what I think is encouraging here... So the, this idea of the decentralized platform, right? This is the kind of thing that a bunch of services have tried before. I feel like I'm, obli- I'm contractually obligated by FM to mention App.net, which is the kind of service that... You know... I don't know.
0: This has got nothing to do with me. <laughs> I don't know
1: why. <laughs> Stephen would love it, uh, but it's not here today. Uh, App.net was kind of based on this idea. We have other services today, sort of doing this. Micro.blog, for example. Mastodon, of course, is the the other service that a lot of people want to tell you they're using. They all they're all trying to solve this problem of: can you keep having conversations on the same network, right, um, on with the same profile, like at iMike but it doesn't have to be the one Twitter.com website or the one, you know, Twitter app from the App Store. And in this case, Twitter is saying, we want to have that kind of decentralized platform. So we're fine with the folks of, you know, uh, with the likes of, of Tapbots and, and Icon Factory making twitter All Other developers like the Avieri app for Twitter that is now one of the new clients for for Apple platforms we're fine with these folks making alternative experiences. Now the big question here and ultimately why I still remain a bit skeptical is okay these developers they are in, in the in the you know big picture they are a, a small piece of the pie for twitter right because there's many more millions of users who are just fine using the official app which now also has a subscription built in which we're going to talk about in a few minutes but i have to wonder still the users that are opening twitter and seeing twitter via those alternative uh, third party tools they're not getting any ads right they're not getting any any um twitter is not monetizing those users at all they may be monetizing developers i i think the api as a cost for the higher plans maybe is twitter going to be okay with this forever like the or are we going to reach a point where twitter is like yeah we want to have a, de- a decentralized platform but you got to inject some of these tweets in your API, you know, every 30, every 50 tweets, uh, you're going to see an ad. Um, I have to wonder if if that will happen at some point, because you can only be decentralized and free for so long. So I, I still remain a bit skeptical on that. But so far, you know, there's a new the sort of the ecosystem of, of Twitter clients has sort of picked up again and, and I try to keep a to keep an eye on this on the App Store. Um, there's more Twitter clients now than you know that I've seen in the past five years. Like and, and, and it's a, it's a good thing that developers can play around with It's one of the most popular API there has ever been. I mean for Apple pr- platforms I can think of dark dark sky as another popular api in our community and that was acquired yeah so to see twitter back it's, i'm i'm happy to see this but i still remain somewhat skeptical on the long term outcome yeah, i would say twitter is like mm. the
0: example
1: of uh, an api
0: that apps are built on mm-hmm. like i think that's kind of where it yeah started yeah. Like, because it was early like Twitter apps were one of the first iPhone apps, you know, yeah. it, like Twitterific or whatever, right? Like it was very early. Um, I I mean, I'm ho- I hope that the API continues to expand to the point where it really is like in parity mm-hmm. with each other. It's interesting, really, right? Because this this I mean, this enables Twitter to make money in a different way, which is in- intriguing. But it is weird to be doing this at a time when they have launched Twitter Blue, (laughs) which is their subscription stuff that only exists in the Twitter app, which I guess really is like, maybe this is what they're talking about, where they're saying about competition. Like I could imagine there being a thing of in Twitter where they're like, all right, Twitter Blue team, you have to make this good enough that people won't want a third-party app. Yeah. You know? And, like, that that's an interesting way of doing things. So Twitter Blue includes Undo Send, which is just, like, a timer where you can hit and it just deletes the tweet and lets you type it out again. It's kind of, you know, it's an interesting way of doing things. Ad-free articles so publishers can opt in uh, to if they're in the program. They get a little bit of money if you view their article, and there's no ads on it. Uh, bookmark folders, so you have folders for your bookmarks. Uh, app icons and app themes. Now, you can upload longer videos. They have a top articles feature, which is like in the last 24 hours, what are the people you follow tweet about? Oh, yeah. this, this is, is like nozzle. They bought nozzle. Uh, custom navigation, so you can change what's in the bar at the bottom, so if you want to get rid of the spaces thing, that's the way to do that, um, and a reader mode for longer threads, so like long threads, they've like made a way
1: to view it. Oh, did you see they acquired uh, uh, Threader, that popular? So Yeah, that was that's mm-hmm. that cool. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, $3 a month, right? Some features that arguably they should be <laughs> built in to, to Twitter itself, and they are uh-huh. like... I shouldn't have to pay to get rid of the useless spaces icon. Like Twitter, stop trying to make spaces happen. It's not gonna happen. Growth hacking. Yeah, man. I know. I Growth know. Hacking. I know. And it's it, it is. This is my personal opinion. Like I've seen some folks tweet about how how Twitter is playing around with crypto and nft stuff and i personally believe that's gross and, and a, everyone uh,
0: everyone is it's not which, just every which tech is company right very now discre- is around
1: disconcerting for me personally because i think it's absolutely disgusting but that's my opinion feel free to disagree um you know killing the planet in the name of acquiring rights to a jpeg but i digress anyway um three dollars a month compelling subscription you get nozzle stuff, you get undo, you get ad free articles, which is a whole other story yeah. about like what's the publisher relationship gonna be like here. It's, do you trust Twitter as a company to, you know, take care of you if you're a publisher? But you. I mean, publishers
0: know where their traffic's coming from. And I think for a lot of them, it's right. coming from Twitter. So they're already in bed with the company anyway. The rules will make some money right. out of it.
1: Well, as you said, you now have that duality of free API, right? And paid subscription, where you want to push people to stay in your native app, see ads, or actually I should say, and subscribe because this subscription, it doesn't get rid of ads, right? So you're just paying for additional features. That's why I'm excited that the API is, is... back up again and and it's now open to all developers uh, the approval process should be much much faster than before like you should be automatically let in uh, as soon as you make a request to be part of the v2 of the API it used to be an approval process that required days now it should be immediate it was a manual and it was a
0: manual like yeah you, we agree with your app or we don't agree with your app and I don't think it's that
1: anymore but uh, I guess I've been burned before You know, is how I approach this like a... uh, I remember years ago, we were all excited about the API. And to be fair, there are still many, many features that are not part of the API. And now, here's where it gets interesting. Could Twitter Blue, if you pay for it, be available in the API? Like, is, is it even possible? Like, of course you would... Right? Like, of course you wouldn't get access to features that are specific to the Twitter app, like, uh, you know, um, the icons or the themes, but the uploads, top articles... You know, uh, why? Reader.
0: You know, like I, I, as you're saying, I'm like shouldn't a third-party developer be able to make all of these features? Well, themselves? the thing
1: is, that some of these features. Here's the thing about the API: some of the features from Twitter are still not part of the API, and there are still some odd inconsistencies. Like for example, in Tweetbot, you can now create polls from Tweetbot, but the API doesn't have the the, the necessary uh, command mm-hmm. for voting on a poll in your timeline. Oh, so you I can thought create... the whole point was you no, could you now vote them,
0: in TweetBot.
1: But you can't vote.
0: <laughs> but you can't vote.
1: So, and um, Why even
0: only ship half of that? Like, I mean, obviously they're going to ship the voting, but why ship 50% of that?
1: You know what I mean? And <laughs> ultimately, that's why I remain, again, somewhat skeptical. Because, yeah, you're doing yeah, it, yeah. but there's still things that I want to understand better.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would like to be able to pay for like Twitter Blue Plus that gets rid of ads, and I would pay five ninety nine a month for it. Um,
1: Blue Plus, that's that's a good name. Twitter Blue is
0: not available <laughs> out at, at, like worldwide yet; it's only in a few countries. It's not in the UK. It's not in Italy. Mm. Um, but you're on Tweetbot now, anyway. Uh, is there any, Tweetbot just came out of a new version too, right? It, it has the the poll things. Does it have anything else in it that you're particularly excited about? Because I know, like last time you spoke about the reasons that you were using Tweetbot.
1: They also added support for limiting uh, replies, like r- limiting who can reply to your tweets.
0: That was one of that's a good thing to get added to the yes. API quite quickly. I exactly,
1: think. that's a good thing to have in the API. Uh, it's the kind of feature when we first saw it last year, we all thought, "Oh, this is never going to be available to third to third party developers." But no, it's 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 available now in the API. Great sign. And yet, look, I'm fully aware that in Tweetbot. I don't get still a lot of features. Like, I don't get the algorithmic timeline. That's another conversation. Like, could there be API support for the algorithmic timeline eventually? Maybe. Who knows? I mean, I think, generally speaking, that these days, if a technology company, like, if these big companies, they want to do something, they can do it, right? It's no longer a matter of, oh, they don't have resource. Like, if you really want to do something, you can do it. If you're one of these companies. The yep. matter is, yep. do you want to do it?
0: Right? Well, does it actually make sense for your company exactly. to like, do this?
1: It's it's no yeah. longer a question of, oh, that's not possible. No, anything is possible. Like, well, roughly. Anything. But yeah, tweet bots. So I'm aware that I don't get some some features from Twitter. For now, I'm okay with it. Uh, because I was coming from a place where I was really missing a lot of interesting tweets. And by interesting tweets, I mean, John was literally sending me tweets at the end of the day for like new apps or articles that we could link on Mac Stories that I hadn't seen in my timeline at all. And there's an underlying problem here for me personally, which is I've always been a timeline completionist. As much as I've tried to kick this habit many, many times, believe me, I just can't do it. And so I found myself trying to be a timeline completionist with the Twitter app, with the official client, and it's just impossible because it never keeps your place and it doesn't have timeline sync. So that's why I came back to Tweetbot now that it's, a, it's an, uh, in a functional, modern state again. Who knows what the future holds for me? Maybe if Timeline Sync becomes a Twitter blue feature, I'm just going to pay for it and I'm going to switch back to Twitter. But really for me, Twitter is is work, right? Twitter is where I discover stuff, I would say. It's also a place for funny tweets and the kind of stuff that I share with you guys, but it's mostly work. Developers, apps, uh, video games and music, like that kind of stuff. And for work, Timeline Sync is just incredible. Like it's super useful to have. But I always keep my options open, so we'll see. I can't sign up for Twitter Blue, I can tell you that. Even though I, I use the US App Store, it detects that I'm in Italy. But I haven't tried with the VPN yet, so maybe I should try that. Maybe it, usually these services, you can't see the sign up, but then once you sign up, you do have access even if you are outside of the country where the feature is locked into. Yeah. So that's what I want to try. I want to try and sign up with the VPN, then turn off the VPN and see if I can keep using Twitter Blue in Italy until it launches in Italy. Which probably won't be that long. Yeah, hope so. there
0: There aren't reasons other than they're just like, I guess, estimating rollout and how it works and stuff. Yeah. It's not like they have content issues that they're dealing with maybe they're waiting for certain places until they get enough like as well maybe the ad free articles thing like they have to actually be some people i don't know
1: or oh, like some partnerships yeah i could say that maybe maybe mm-hmm.
0: yeah i mean it's interesting like the the whole twitter api thing is still such a weird and interesting thing cuz like realistically it does not make sense for them to offer this like if you actually sit and think about it that this is not a thing they should offer. They should have the app that they make be good enough that everybody wants to use it. Like, Twitter is not a service; it's an like it's not like a public utility. It is a social media app, and it's very weird. And they are the only one that's really popular and has this thing. Like, if they never did it at first, they never would have started it. Oh yeah, oh I yeah. I feel like. So it's super weird, but I'm pleased to see them doing things again because like I get on with a Twitter app, but it's not like my favorite app. Me and a Twitter app get on okay. Um, I would prefer to not see their ads because Twitter's ads are really bad. Like I'm not like a no ads on social media person because I like Instagram's Mm -hmm. ads. I think they're really good. They're very relevant to me. And there's always stuff in there that I'm very intrigued about or I think is visually nice. But Twitter's ads platform is so bad. Like the things that it thinks that I'm interested in, I could not be less interested in. So, you know, if they just did a better job, then I wouldn't mind so much. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music. Because you listen to the show, I'm going to guess that you love podcasts. You'll find a ton of binge-worthy podcasts on Amazon Music, including this very show too. Because Amazon Music has more than 10 million podcasts free podcast episodes for you to listen to. You can check out the hilarious podcast Smartless one week before everyone else and ad-free. And the true crime podcast Dr. Death Miracle Man is available two weeks early on Amazon Music as well. But Amazon Music isn't just listening for podcasts. You guessed it, they have thousands of music stations and top playlists for you to stream for free. No matter what you're listening to, you can go hands-free with Alexa. And if you want to use your own music on demand and listen to it ad-free, you can try Amazon Music Unlimited. That gives you unlimited access to over 75 million songs in their library, as well as podcasts, music videos, and more. With Amazon Music Unlimited, you can listen to any song, anywhere, offline, and with unlimited skips. What I love about podcasting, right, is that there's a show for everything and all of those shows are on Amazon Music. It's right there in your pocket. The app is really nice and easy to use. Whether you want something that's tech focused, comedy, maybe you want to listen to a bunch of friends play Dungeons and Dragons, it's all there on Amazon Music for you. And then you can also check out That new Adele album. Mm -hmm. You you can listen to that too if you want. It's all going to be there. If you've never tried Amazon Music Unlimited, now's a great time. For a limited time, new customers can try Amazon Music Unlimited free for three months. No credit card required. Just go to Amazon.com slash Connected FM. That's Amazon.com slash Connected FM to try Amazon Music Unlimited free for three months. Go to Amazon.com slash Connected FM. Renews automatically. Cancel anytime. Terms apply. Our thanks to Amazon Music for the support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so the last I don't know three weeks we spent a ton of time mm. talking about the new MacBook yes. Pro. So let's go right the way back in the absolute opposite direction and talk about the iPad Mini. Okay, because we've had them for a while and we were all super excited when they came out, right? Like, like this is everything we've wanted. Like it's perfect. Oh, I love it so much. Now we've had them for a few months. I kind of want to know how you're feeling and for us to check in. Um, mm. Are we still using them the same? Has anything changed? That kind of thing. So, how is your iPad mini uh, set up? Are you using just the iPad mini 100% of the time now? Is that it? Yeah,
1: this is everything I want. I love it so much. <laughs> like, that's what I would still say. <laughs> um, and no, I'm not using the iPad mini uh, 100% of the time, it's my secondary iPad. It's it, it's my perfect little uh, travel iPad and um, consumption um, device. I, I really love it. Um, everything like I was looking back at my review from, from what was it late September, and everything still pretty much holds up. Like I'm, I love using this iPad Mini for reading. That would be the sort of top activity that I that I perform on the Mini: reading, Safari articles, mm-hmm. books. Um, Manga, like all that, like it's a perfect reading device. Um, I also like to, because it's such a, like it runs iPad OS, right? So you, so you got all those widgets on the home screen. I, I realized that it's an, it's a great little device for planning the next day at the end of the day. Like, you know, making sure that my tasks mm. are in order, you know, saving a few ideas for tomorrow, for shortcuts that I want to make or for articles that I want to write. Like like sort of an uh, end-of-the-day brain dump, if you will. It's perfect for that. Um, not so many video games, but that, that's, a, that's a bigger story for me. I don't, I, I've tried time and time again. I just can't get into Apple Arcade. I just prefer to play video games on consoles. It's just who I am. And that's fine.
0: There really isn't, in my opinion, much of a need to get too deep onto iPad yeah. gaming. Like iPad gaming has never really worked for me. I like iPhone games mm. and I like game console mm. games. iPad gaming, really only when I'm in an environment
1: where I have access to nothing y- yes. else. Yes, it's, it's your last resort gaming fix. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's what it yeah. is. Um some interesting things that I've been doing with USB-C. I've realized uh, this iPad Mini it can work very nicely as uh, even during the day, if I want to stream high-res lossless music from Apple Music, um, and I'm working on the iPad Pro, or I'm I'm trying to work on the MacBook Pro review unit lately. And trying to, I published an article from a from a MacBook Pro a couple of days, like the Tweetbot one actually. I Wrote and published from a Mac.
0: Wow! You wrote a Mac story.
1: I wrote, I, I wrote a Mac story for Mac stories. Yes, I like
0: about an iPad app. Um, um, this is like you know the DiCaprio
1: <laughs> meme pointing at the screen. Like yes, I did a uh-huh. Mac story. <laughs> it's there. Um, at first time in like. <laughs> Five years, six years, yeah. So during the day when I'm working, the iPad mini, I can keep to the side. Um, and because it's got a USB-C, I can plug in my external DAC very easily via USB-C. And I can stream lossless audio to my good headphones if I want to evaluate an album from Apple Music before I actually buy the record for my personal collection. Um, it's perfect for that. Because of USB C. So I don't have to have an extra dongle just, you know, being there and wasting space on my desk. So that's nice. Um, I still think the way that I could get into gaming on this device would be via emulation. However, and and I've mentioned this in my review of the iPad mini, I've showed off screenshots of Dolphin, um, the the emulator for the Nintendo GameCube, for example, working on the iPad mini. Here's my public uh, plea or request for someone to either recommend or go out and make (laughs) please just hear me out just hear me out either tell me if it exists or if it doesn't make it yourself um i want to use a playstation 5 controller i don't want to use a dual sense controller and have a little attachment that makes the ipad mini float on top of it i have this sort of mount for my iphone 13 pro max The iPad mini is not that much heavier than an iPhone 13 Pro Max with the case on. It's only like, if you use an iPad mini without a case, I believe it's what, 19, 20 grams heavier than an iPhone 13 Pro with the case. And I never remove the case from my iPhone. I would love to just put the iPad mini there on a mount on top of a DualSense controller so that I could, you know, hold the DualSense and have a bigger display that is an iPad mini floating on top of it. There's plenty of similar mounts for iPhones. Just go on Amazon. You can buy them cheap for like $7. I have one for my iPhone. I want the same thing, but for the iPad mini. If it exists and it works with the DualSense, please let me know. I would also like to see those controllers where you snap the uh, the tablet in between the two sides of the controller, sort of like a game vice or like the Backbone. Uh, GameVice does have a version. GameVice would be the company that sued Nintendo because they said that they copied <laughs> the Nintendo Switch from them. Uh, by the way, there's a lawsuit going on between, between the two. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, but GameVice, they do make an iPad Mini um, controller, but it's for the old iPad Mini. They don't have a new version. So the game control, I could see a scenario in which I start using the iPad Mini for gaming, and that would be via emulation. Lastly, I mentioned this on, on, on an App Stories episode. I did a bit of, uh, you know... Uh, and it's funny because I mentioned before, I'm not a manual person, but I have done some manual modding of the iPad mini. But actually, Sylvia did it, not me. Um, so long story short, I bought a cheap, fake uh, smart folio from Amazon. It costs like $9. I cut one half of this, of this fake Smart Folio. I kept the back part only. So the one that attaches magnetically to the iPad Mini. And so with this, to this half of this fake Smart Folio, I attached a pop socket in the lower left corner. So now I can hold my iPad Mini with the pop socket and I didn't have. You to have s- a
0: huge magnetic pop socket, is what you're saying. You have a massive. Exactly. Pop socket.
1: That's because I didn't want to attach the pop socket directly to the iPad Mini itself. I need a, a platform for it, right? So I I used mm-hmm. one half of a fake cheap smart folio from Amazon. I love it. It's just, it's perfect. Like I can hold it in my left hand and it's perfect for reading, perfect for watching um, like 10 minute YouTube videos, totally fine. And if I don't want to use it, I can just detach it and I can use my iPad mini without a case. So uh, to sum up, I love my iPad mini. I wish that the game controller situation was better. If you have recommendations, please Mm. let me know. But otherwise, I'm really happy with it for reading and for music, and for end of the day, sort of not taking brain dump for the next day. So the
0: iPad Mini is the only iPad that I use.
1: Interesting.
0: Which is only one. A m- such a massive change. Okay, for me. so
1: because you mentioned this on Cortex a couple of weeks ago, and I guess it's still so you you are confirming the the the, the Cortex topic is is what I'm hearing. Okay.
0: It is. That is it. Is the only iPad. Um, And I use it as two things. I use it as kind of like an entertainment device. And I also use it as my home computer, right? Like it is the main device that I use at home for whatever. Like if I'm at home and I want to respond to an email, I use my iPad mini. If I'm at home and I want to read Twitter, I use my iPad mini, right? Like it's just the the main device that I use at home. More than my iPhone, more than a, a Mac or whatever. Like it's just the device like that I use. I love it. Maybe my iPhone's like pretty similar actually, because I don't, you know, if I use I, you know, like I'll read on my iPhone in bed or whatever. I don't take the iPad Mini into the bedroom. The, the iPad Mini is like just is in the living room. It's just on the couch all the time. Like that's where it lives and that's where I use it. Um, but my uh, 11 inch iPad Pro, I don't use. My 12.9 inch, I don't use. And I'm, I haven't, I keep going backwards and forwards. Like I'm going to sell one of them. Hmm. I don't know which one. I haven't worked it out yet. And my reasoning for each just keeps changing and I've not landed on what the right option is. Uh, the iPad mini is like it's the perfect size for what I'm looking for from an iPad right now. I am finding myself needing to grab my MacBook Pro out of my backpack at home more. Like if I have to do something a bit more intensive, like if I need to deal with uh, two things side by side, for example, and it's like something is going to take me like more than five or 10 minutes to do, I'm going to get my MacBook because... The amount of screen real estate that is lost with the on-screen keyboard just kind of makes the iPad mini not really usable in these ways, where a previous iPad, I would have been able to handle it a lot more. So like, for example, if I need to look at a Google sheet and write an email, which is a thing that I do quite frequently, you know, like I have a Google sheet on one side and I'm like, I've got information that I need to relate to someone in an email from that sheet. If I'm trying to do this on the iPad mini, I'm only going to do something that's going to take me a couple of minutes because it's such a pain (laughs) because you see so little. Uh, And like, this is a good example of like where portrait split screens doesn't work as well because you need the information. So it's a case of like hide keyboard, do what I need, show keyboard, write it down. And I'm only going to do that if it's going to take me a couple of minutes. If it's going to take me longer, I'm just going to get my MacBook Pro. But I'm kind of fine with that because I also really love using my MacBook Pro. But like, I don't want it out all the time. I don't really understand people that use laptops on the sofa as like, this is what I'm using on the sofa. Like I don't get that. Like it, That really doesn't like align in my brain. You know, like, people that would use a laptop for all of the things that I'm using this iPad for. You know, like, just entertainment and all that kind of stuff. Like, James Thompson says, that is what I use on the sofa. I know people do it.
1: That's that's what Sylvia does as well.
0: And <laughs> I, I know people do it. I see people do it. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, laptops are, like work machines like they are for work but I don't know uh, where I feel like an iPad has always been able to mix that divide for me and really it's about what you pair it with like if I'm just hanging out on an iPad Pro then I don't need the magic keyboard and you kind of put the magic keyboard on to what anyway but yeah I, I have I'm finding that like the iPad mini really does the job thing most of the time and if I need something bigger I'll get something bigger uh, I will say I definitely noticed the jelly scrolling. Oh, you do? Yeah, big time. So this is if you're in portrait mode and you scroll up and down, I can see one half of the screen move a little bit quicker than the other half of the screen. i want to
1: try it again.
0: This is just a thing. Like, all devices ha- have controllers in them. Some are better than others. And it can be better and different between LCD and OLED and... I put an article in the show notes on the verge where they talk about it in a bit more detail. It doesn't bother me, but I notice. I it. still
1: don't see it. I'd,
0: so I think it honestly will vary from device to device, and in the apps that you use. There's a lot of variables for if this is noticeable. Do you have to scroll fast you.
1: or slow? It doesn't really make a difference.
0: Like I'm, I could be reading an article and I scroll the article and I I'm, see it.
1: My eyes are stupid. I I don't see it.
0: Maybe like honestly, maybe my iPad is in a in a worse situation than yours for this, you know? I don't know. But I see it. It's like a thing. It's but really it's the only knock I have on the product. Like, you know, in general this I would love the screen to be better quality than it is, but like I'm I'm fine with it. It does the job for me. But I just can't shake that feeling of like don't get too attached to this because You'll be in you'll be really annoyed of it in four years' time <laughs> when it hasn't changed. But in the
1: meantime, you know, you can love it. And and that's the thing with love, right? Never know how it's gonna end, but you can cherish it while it lasts. Whoa. So Whoa. You know?
0: Wasn't expecting that. But yeah, I love my iPad Mini. You love your iPad mini. The iPad mini is really great, it's super great. Uh this tail end of the year has been awesome for little weird things that Apple's been up to yeah uh, they've done a really good job this We year. haven't
1: even talked about the Beats Fit Pro that I have with me so I guess we're <laughs> going to talk about those
0: I think we might talk about those next time because I think Stephen I think Stephen recorded a little bit with Mary because I think Mary got those too so we might save that for the next episode Very nice back. very nice
1: But yeah it's been a, it's been a really good couple of months for new hardware um I I honestly love everything that I that I got here um no Really, no big negative points. Like just some small complaints, but overall, pretty good, uh, pretty good showing from Apple in terms of hardware uh, in this final part of 2021. So yeah, thumbs up, well done. Now, what's gonna happen from now until the spring? Like, <laughs> what's uh, what are we gonna talk about? Like, that's the that's well, that's the that's
0: the job, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's the job. Well, Apple surprised us by creating a system for repairing devices. So they are just going to keep doing stuff like that. Yeah, hey,
1: we're going to talk about that. I'm gonna, I guess we're going to become a screwdriver and tools podcast. Screwdriver yeah. review show. I mean, you got to you got to talk about the company, right? You got to you got to find something. I
0: genuinely cannot wait for all of the tool reviews. I can't wait. I'm so excited about it. Like that.
1: Do you think there's gonna be like embargoes for the tools?
0: I hope that Apple engage with creators in the tech YouTube space that are focused on device repair, like the aforementioned Rig everything, like Linus Tech Tips.
1: It would be smart to do that.
0: I th- I I would like to see them do that if they believe that they have a good product here and that they think that this solution is good I would like to see them put their money where their mouth is and go out to the people that are the most critical of them and say well here you go then what do you mm-hmm. think of this because uh, if they feel like that they're confident enough to do that then they've developed something good and honestly I don't, f- I don't see why they shouldn't be confident like this shouldn't be a thing that's difficult to do well right like having good guides mm. and availability of parts and tools that do the job. Like this should be a win all round. Like they did not really seem to provide a lot of this information to many places. That um, it was just mainly like the traditional publications. But I'm very, I am very curious, as Zach is saying in Discord, for the reaction of people that do care about this. Like I think I Fix It uh, gave some quotes. I think to TechCrunch where it was kind of like, as you would expect, which is fine, it's like, hey, this isn't perfect, but we'll take mm-hmm. it, right? Like, it's a start, yeah. you know? Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm very intrigued. I mean, because really, again, it's like it isn't really too helpful for just people's reactions because there isn't any information. We've given you all the information. There is no more <laughs> information, <laughs> right? Like, it's really now what's going to matter is when people actually have this stuff, Um, And until then, I'm super excited about it. Yeah. All right, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Connected. If you uh, would like to get longer ad-free episodes of this show, you can go to getconnectedpro.co. Today, uh, members will hear me and Federico's excitement about Adele's upcoming album, and I share a fun Adele-related story. So you can go to getconnectedpro.com and sign up for that. Thank you to everybody that has. Uh, Thank you to Amazon Music, Trade, and Fitbod for their support of this week's episode. But, of course, thank you for listening. Uh, I think the plan is next week we will all be back together. Hopefully Stephen recovers from his not-COVID sickness that he has right now. Um, You can find Stephen online. He's at 512pixels.net, and he's at ISMH on Twitter. Federico is at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. Federico is the editor-in-chief of maxstories.net. You can find me online. I'm Y I-M-Y-K-E. Go buy a journal at cortexbrand.com or com. I gave you the wrong URL, but they both go to the same place. Uh, Federico. Yes. Are you excited about the
1: Pokemon game? oh man i'm s- yes yes tomorrow at midnight for me so just uh just about uh 26 hours left for me until i unlock the game i'm gonna preload the game tonight on my nintendo switch i'm getting diamond I'm getting the pokemon diamond
0: i got diamond too I, pre- I pre-loaded oh you got diamond, diamond. should i, I get pearl like, well i don't know do we need to do specific trades i don't know like
1: well i mean I- no we don't need to do trades it's fine
0: you've never done it before yeah
1: yeah it's fine no and i got the pokemon in my pokemon home account anyway so i'm good yeah yeah i'm, getting, I'm super excited yes
0: i'm not massively excited and i'm hoping that i will be proved wrong
1: i feel like one. i need right now this that kind of simple old school chill game okay that however has some modern quality of life enhancements like auto save you know uh some of the features from Pokemon Sword but it's very much an old school Pokemon game like i need that kind of game right now very too, you know very chill no tension well i am
0: very keen to hear what you have to say about this i guess we'll talk about it on remaster next week right
1: yes we will
0: yes and i want to talk about Forza a bit okay.
1: too okay so. i i i will prepare
0: i will get ready people should subscribe to remaster if they like video yes. games i mean why the three why of wouldn't us you do like video job. games it's like Exactly.
1: What are you, a monster? I don't like music. I mean, there are people who don't like music, but come on.
0: We'll be back next week. Until then, say goodbye, Federico.
1: Arrivederci.
0: Ciao, John.